Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Class Limited does not promote any host or guest individual practice, programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. Okay. Hello, everybody. My name is Joel Manser. I'm the lead editor of Autisable.com, and uh, here is our, my co-host is Rob Gorski from theautismdad.com. And uh, thank you for coming to the Coffee Clatch, listening to our crazy 30 minutes uh, talking today about sensory issues. So, Rob, yep. here we are over the weekend, and you and I were chatting about what we were going to talk about for this podcast. And yeah. one of the things, yeah, <laughs> all the hot <laughs> topics that are out there in the craziness, and you brought up sensory issues. And I know that you, you guys have it. It's a common issue in the autism community with autism families. So how, how do you think we should uh, uh, kick this off and get things going? Um, well, I, I guess trying to maybe break down kind of what sensory processing disorder is. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's it's different for every uh, a person that is, um, you know, impacted by this. And it's a, it's a very common uh, kind of comorbid uh, disorder that goes along with, with autism. And uh, all three of my kids uh, have sensory processing disorder. And, and essentially it's, it's their body interprets um, sensory input differently uh, than, say, I would. Um, and uh, so you have you have things um, uh, you have situations where you know kids with autism and sensory processing disorder uh, struggle to uh, deal with or cope with the feeling of clothes on their skin or. Um, shoes on their feet, shoes and socks. That's a huge issue in my family. Um, okay. A lot of a lot of feeding issues um, as a result of like taste, texture, uh, color, uh, smell. You know things like that that can make uh, uh, you know feeding uh, a child with autism or sensory processing disorder very very challenging. Um, and 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 you know a lot of people sort of on the outside, we'll, we'll look at these kids as just being stubborn or difficult. And, I mean, it's, it's anything but that. I mean, it's, it's a very real, uh, a very real problem, and, and a lot of kids um, really, really struggle with it. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know with um, 
with some kids, it's as if it's painful. Some some people who have autism, when they deal with tags on the back of their shirt, it's oh, literally kind of, <laughs> it's literally kind of like they're being poked with pins and needles. That's the way they feel. Yeah. I, I, so, I, I, mean, I forgot about tags. That that's yeah. that was a nightmare for so long. Now, thank goodness, a lot of a lot of companies don't even use um, physical tags anymore. They they sort of stamp the tag on the inside of the stamp shirt. Or, yeah, stamp or screen print on the inside of the shirt. Yeah. And yeah. Then, they, then yeah. there's the the socks. I mean, I know I know some families like you know their their kids walk around in their underwear everywhere. Yeah, you know, and you know you you hear about it, but you know in our home it's it's kind of like that, and you know in other places it's kind of like that. You know you walk into a autism family's home and you got a kid that's a teenager walking around in his underwear, you know, in his boxers or briefs, and you're kind of going, "Dude, you're going to get dressed," and it's it's hey, I'm home, I'm chilling, you know. <laughs> it's kind of like what what are you doing in my house? <laughs> Yeah, so. you know, and and we we laugh because it's I mean it's something that uh, you know I I my my youngest uh, struggles with that more than the rest, and you know you can you can tell on 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 days where he's having more of a difficult time sort of coping with things, uh, he he will be in his underwear. You know, he won't wear shoes and socks or pants or shirt or anything like that. Um, right. And, and you know, I, I, I've I've chosen to sort of not fight that battle only because it's not like he's I mean, being. I'm sorry. Why should we fight it? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, I mean, there's there's bigger fish to fry. <laughs> yeah, but, but there's other. You know, I, I think. Yeah, I, but. You know, it's it's not like they're being difficult. It's not like he's just obstinate or something like that. I mean, it causes him distress. And, you know, I mean, it's one thing if we're out in public. I mean, obviously he's got to be fully clothed because there's laws and things like that. But, um, you know, when he's when he's at home and, uh, you know, we don't have – you know, there's nobody coming over or anything like that. It's just sort of become the norm and uh you know i i like i said i mean we i i just don't i don't pick that battle because it's not it, it's not worth it you know no, to put him no, through that it's not. yeah then there's then there's the aspect of okay well setting those boundaries of when it's okay to dress like that you know or not, or not dress, dress yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's i think i think really setting boundaries and creating a routine that there's a level of expectation of that it's okay inside the walls, inside the house, but outside, no, you you got to put some pants on, you know, you got to put a shirt on. Um, yeah, you like know, that. there's, you know, a lot of people hate to to use these terms, but it's socially appropriate. I mean. You know, you you don't want to try and shove that square peg into the round hole, but you know there is there is some level of 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 kind of societal expectations, and and you know, I mean, when you're inside your house, you're inside your house, you know, 
right. they can be comfortable. Right. They can sort of kind of kind of decompress and whatever. But you know, when, you know, when people come over, I, I uh, you know, Emmett, well, my youngest will put clothes on, you know, when when there's somebody coming over, um, and obviously if if we go to leave the house, but. You know that that's a process. I mean, getting ready for school, trying to get him dressed this morning was was such an ordeal uh, because his shot or his socks didn't feel right. You know, his shirt itched right. and all these things. And and if you look at every if you look at these items that are causing him distress, there, there's nothing wrong with them that that that's perceivable to me. Um, right. But for him, it's it's a very real, you know, struggle, and and you just have to be patient because. You know, as frustrating as it is for me as a parent, um, kind of watching the clock and trying to get everything done on time, I don't have to actually experience that, uh, right. that same level of distress that, that that he does. And so I, I try to always sort of be uh, cognizant of that. So um kind of keeps perspective, you know. Yeah. One of the things that I looked at, you know, when you were talking about sensory processing or sensory integration disorder was, you know, what is the clinical definition? You know, because we don't have as much of that issue in our home as other families. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that I really researched. It's not something that a doctor said, oh, you, your kid has this. So I had to actually look it up. <laughs> it's like, you know, I hear about it. I read about it a little bit here and there because of other families going through these challenges. And I was like, right. okay, I got to, I got to study up on this. So here's, Here's what I found, and maybe our listeners can be able to benefit from this, is there's actually a foundation called spdfoundation.net. Yeah. It's the Sensory Processing Disorder Foundation, and mm -hmm. or it's also called Sensory Integration. And you come to find out it's actually a term that refers to the way the nervous system receives messages from the senses and turns them into appropriate motor and behavioral responses. And I was like, what? Okay, it's, it's actually something physical, that yeah. how our nervous system responds. And so it's not really a kid's behaving badly. It's just how their body is processing and responding to something that is physical. It is actual physical issues. Right. And I'm like, okay. And just to throw this out there, the, the website, again, that I found was spdfoundation.net. And the, um, the the major forms of treatment, as you probably know, Rob, is occupational therapy. You know, yeah, things like that, and, and other types of things. Um, I know Autism Society and other organizations have worked with movie theaters to deal with being more sensory friendly. You know, sensory friendly films. Uh, they work yeah, with into uh, yeah. theaters like that. Have you been to one of their showings or? So um, where they lower I'm, the volume, right? And the they'll, they'll keep, yeah, they'll keep the lights up. Kids can bring in their own snacks. They lower the volume of the theater. Um, you know, they're allowed to talk, get up, move around. Um, unfortunately, they, you know, uh, it's not available uh, in my area. I, I'm in Canton, Ohio, so um, okay. if if they're listening, you know. Get your act together to make this happen, but <laughs> but they, but but you know but but honestly, I mean it's funny that you bring that up because I, I took my kids to see Kung Fu Panda three, and uh, you know that, I think that's the first time 
in I, I can't tell you how long, all three kids actually sat through the movie, and we didn't have to leave early. Uh, you know, when they when they do the the intro to the movie and stuff like that, when they're doing, they're basically showing off the the surround sound in the theater and stuff. You know, my right. you know my middle child would you know cover his ears because the loud noise, he he doesn't do right. well with loud noise. Um, and and I, I've I've taken them to Star Wars twice, trying to trying to make it through the movie, and and still haven't been able to finish that because we make it about twenty minutes in, and and it's it's too much uh, for them. Yeah, but so, you heard about the spoiler. You heard about the spoiler in that by now, right? Have you heard about uh, the spoiler in Star Wars? No. Well, I'm not going to tell you because I'm not one to give it away. So oh. we, we got to find <laughs> we got to what find. We got to find a way for your uh, kids to be watched, so you can just go watch Star Wars. I'm sorry, I, I'm just not going to throw a spoiler your way. Yeah, you know it's. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. Well, I mean, I understand the premise of the movie. I, I just, you know, but it, it's something that a lot of families deal with. In fact, uh, when I was I was posting some pictures, um, that I that I sort of took, kind of proving that they actually made it through the movie. You know, because it's not something that happens very often. And, and so many parents were commenting about how, you know, they, they haven't even tried because they know their child just won't be able to handle it. Or, um, you know, that that's something that they have not been able to, uh, sort of, uh, overcome yet. And, right. you know, it's, 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 it's a very real thing, you know, uh, and, and, and away from the movie, you know, the movies, cause that's just kind of an example Probably the the biggest issue that I think is the most misunderstood has to do with uh, feeding. Um, you know, because a lot of a lot of kids, you know, are, are picky eaters. They don't like the vegetables. They don't like this. They don't like that. Um, but there there's a difference between being a picky eater and uh, having food aversions that are associated with sensory processing disorder, uh, because when when a child um comes across the food that is um, i guess sensory offensive you know maybe the coloring's wrong or or the chicken i mean you're talking things is is unnoticeable to most people as a misshapen chicken nugget or you know they change right. the packaging on the chicken nuggets i mean these kids oh, packaging, my included packaging is a big issue that's a, oh. that's one that i uh it's kind of like uh, you know those granola cereal bars, right? Yeah, yeah. And, okay, we usually get a brand that's more from our local grocery store, not like a national brand. And the packaging is either all green or all red. So you can only get it at that one store because that's that store brand. Because right. eventually that's really the one that he likes, okay? That's great. Right. We go to another one, same type of strawberry or cinnamon, apple cinnamon type cereal bar, different different packaging, same cereal bar, different packaging. There's really no major differentiation in taste because I've had them both. Right. But the packaging is different. He won't eat it. He won't even open up a package. Yeah, that's... I mean, it's... <laughs> it really is. I mean, and it's... it's, it's uh... My kids uh, used to eat chicken nuggets all the time until uh, the package 
uh, changed. And, and I, you know, it's one of those things I was just writing about this the other day. You know, you walk down the aisle and you're going to get your groceries mm-hmm. and you go to get the one thing that they'll eat and, and the package has changed. I mean, it's like you get sick to your stomach because you're like, oh, my God, they're never going to eat this now. Uh, yeah. It's a real – It's a struggle. Go ahead. We, yeah, we gotta I mean, let those and, companies know that's that's a real struggle in the in in these check with us first. Jeez. Yeah, but, it's like come on, know, people, banquet. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Mine's Tyson. But oh, Tyson. The, oh, yeah, uh, I remember when they changed the packaging on that. That was like, oh, please let them not let them not have issues with this. <laughs> and you know but, you. Oh yeah. man. And people will say. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, well, if they're hungry, they'll eat. You know, if they're hungry, they'll eat it regardless of what it looks like, or if they're hungry, they'll eat, you know, whatever. But but the truth is, it might they be won't. Day four, but it might be day four. Yeah, I mean, they'll, the they will room. literally not eat and go hungry before they'll eat something that is is offensive to them on a sensory level. And, and uh, I mean, it's a very serious thing. I mean, a lot of kids... A lot of parents struggle with weight loss issues with their kids or weight gain um, mm-hmm. simply because, you know, they, they won't eat. Uh, you know, a lot of the kids uh, will only will only eat certain things. You know, I mean, I have a menu item, like with my youngest, he's, he's the most picky by far. And there is, mm-hmm. I, I mean, literally a handful of things that he'll eat. And if they deviate or they change in any way, shape, or form – that will be removed from the list, and it will never be okay again. And right. uh, and that's really find that something new. Yeah, and and that's trial and error because even even and even when when there's things that they'll eat on a regular basis, it doesn't mean that they'll eat them every time. Because you know, and 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 I don't know the research in this, and I don't know if it's just him or not, but Emmett will be able to taste. Well, he claims to be able to taste a difference. Like, like if you had chicken nuggets from one batch and chicken nuggets from another batch, he could tell oh, yeah. you which one. I, I mean, it's crazy. And and the most minute difference is something that's um, like kind of smacking him in the face. It, it's, it's like oh, yeah. uh, that old story of the princess and the pea where she's got like 50 mattresses and that little pea underneath. And that's sort of like what it's like for him because, you know, his shoe will be bothering him, so he'll take his shoe off and it's a sock. And he'll pull his sock off and we'll turn it inside out, and there's nothing there. Uh, but he'll pull this little yeah. tiny piece of fuzz. Uh, and it's, it's that one little piece of fuzz and that, or that one little And that was thing. it. Yeah. And yeah, we've, you know, I mean, we've had similar things, not with socks or shoes, but with other stuff in our home that it's like, what in the world is, is causing this anxiety? You know, and what is it that's distracting them so much? And other sensory issues that have come about is like barometric pressure. You know, some mm. some I talked I talked to one doctor um, about this, and he just goes, you know, that's common that's common in the you know with his patients. Uh, he has a lot of patients on the autism spectrum, and he said that the parents notice that whenever it's about to rain, and the barometric pressure fluctuates, and they've reported it, and other parents have caught on to this. It's uh, barometric pressure changes, and so when you have that, um, it's like getting a major migraine. And so there are people who suffer from constant migraines that I've talked to, and I said, "Do you have this problem?" 
you know, when it's about to rain. They go, oh, yeah, i got to take time off from work. I can't go into work. i got to take medicine. I'll go to work with a huge headache. I can't go out di- outdoors when I'm finally at work because that will change the barometric pressure. So they stay in their office all day when you know, it's a situation. So they've learned it's, to cope. Right. Whereas whereas we're trying to figure it out. So one of the things um, a local parent where I live uh, brought about um, was trying to find an app for their phone that that would help kind of track when barometric pressure is fluctuating to a certain degree. And sure enough, we found an app that worked for us, and there's a bunch out there, uh, but we found an app that works for us that we use um, to deal with it. And as I'm looking at my phone, I'm like, where is that app when I need it? <laughs> is it a? Um, is it just called, like a weather app? It's it's a weather app. It's called PressureNet. Um, it's a huh. it's and it's and it's and I use this app and it it logs uh, barometric pressure in millibars or inches or whatever and it kind of logs things and you can hook up with anybody else who has this app. And then when the barometric pressure fluctuates to a certain degree, it pushes out a notification to your phone. And it's not forecasting when barometric pressure changes, but it can at least tell us what might be going on with our essentially non-purple sun. He has limited Yeah, it can be some sort of, you know, because it's, you know, one of the really difficult parts is is that there's there's a lot of communication issues with with kids with autism, especially in the in in the expressive uh, language department, and um, having a tool, you know, like that can at least give you s- sort of um, you can kind of correlate. Uh, What's a heads up? It's a heads yeah, up. you know, and and it, and it gives it. I mean, there's nothing you can do to avoid it. Yeah. Uh, but it but it does at least you have some idea like okay, it's probably this and it's not, mm-hmm. you know, something else. Uh, because yeah, a lot of times it's a guessing game. Yeah, then it's then if you pinpoint it and you, you find out that it's actually that, and we've talked to our doctor about it, you know, what type of over-the-counter medications might help our particular circumstance to help deal with more pain management than it is psychotropic drugs or something like that, you know, antipsychotics mm-hmm. or whatever. Because it's not an it's not something associated with mental health. It's something associated with pain and lack of communication. It's a, it's a physiological. Yeah, it's kind it's of like, like people with fibromyalgia. Yeah, yeah, barometric pressure impacts. Uh, it's it's a, that. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like I had to equate it. Somebody was asking me. You know, my son was acting up. We were over at Lowe's. Now, I can't take my son to Lowe's that often. Lowe's or Home Depot or any big warehouse, and I have like twenty years warehousing experience, and I, it's like I can't take him to work with me. Um, because it's such a big, empty metal box, there's an echoing that happens in there. Mm. There's fluorescent lights, the ballasts hum in fluorescent lights. Yep. And, and they flicker. Hundreds of those, hundreds of the light sensitivity of flickering on fluorescent lights. We don't, the average person doesn't really see it, but it's there. Right, and yeah. And so all those sensory issues, he's not even aware he's taking all it in. So 10 minutes into walking to the Lowe's or Home Depot, all of a sudden, I got a kid that's having a major meltdown, and I don't know why. You know, and yeah, you know, that's a really good point. Yeah, so it's like, why is my kid having this issue? So, 
And come to find out there's some grocery stores that I can't take my son to primarily because they have the same type of lighting. You know, they got schools lighting. Schools are another challenge, you know. Yeah, my my uh Elliot, my 9-year-old will say um he can hear the what does he say? He said the I can't remember how he put it, but basically the lights bother him and he can hear mm-hmm. it's got one of those like old school clocks on the wall where you can if it was totally quiet and you or I walked up to it, you could maybe sort of hear the gears turning, you know. Right. It's like that old style clock you have in like classrooms when we were kids where you could just imagine like it's going backwards because you really want to get out of school. Um, yep. But he <clears throat> he can hear the gears uh, turning uh, in there and the lights flash and there'll be things that go on outside. There's a, there's a train track that runs probably 100 yards behind the school. And uh, when, when the train goes by, it has to blast, you know, the, the horn. And right. that really kind of sets it's them frustrating. Off. It's frustrating. Well, we're we're about end of this particular podcast. This this our first episode, um, and I, I know that we're going to probably end up picking up sensory issues down the road as we do future yeah. podcasts. Um, so I, for those that are new to what we're doing, you can you can uh, view more. Autism Stories at Autism.com from many families uh, sharing their journey with autism. Uh, More Mm -hmm. listen to future podcasts. Also, we want to thank you to Marianne and her team at the Coffee Clatch uh, for um, allowing us and and hosting this thing. And, of course, Rob, your your site, where can folks find you at? Uh, You can find me at theautismdad.com, and you can can find uh, help and support at the My Autism Help Forums. It's free. And there's an app on both iTunes and Google Play. Awesome, man. I think that's, uh, for those interested, um, we look forward to doing more episodes and getting more involved with this podcast and other stories and other types of discussions. Eventually we'll bring on some some, uh, some guests and have some fun with this. So had a a blast, man. Thanks for... uh, I'm always glad we talked about this more. Yeah. And we'll we'll, uh, do more. All right, man. All right, man. That was Good it. Easy, I, think it might have cut us, I think it might have uh, cut us off at the end there, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll give you a call. Live, you learn. In a moment. Yeah, All right. I'll give Bye. you a call on the phone in a moment. All right. Bye. Bye. Everyone likes data because when you have more data, you have more freedom. Freedom to do whatever. That's why AT&T is offering you 15 gigabytes for 100 bucks, plus $15 for each line. Because the more data you have, the more freedom you can enjoy. Freedom to post more memories, download more fun, and share what matters most with who matters most. 15 gigs of data for 100 bucks, plus $15 for each line at AT&T. What more could you want? I sure can't think of anything. AT&T, mobilizing your world. Come in now and get the all-new LG V10, designed to capture, edit, and share high-quality video. Pricing is monthly for service on smartphones on AT&T Next. Other pricing options available. Overage monthly and other charges and restrictions apply. See a store for details.